Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mama Wears Athleisure. I am your host, Mariella de Santiago, a first-time mom. We focus on all things mom with tips to help make life easier and more organized for all you mamas out there. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about mental health and anxiety specifically and talking about how that affects us as moms. And we have Jennifer Mendoza here with us to share all of her knowledge. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to her. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to share some information. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I specialize in perinatal mental health, infertility, and healing from birth trauma. I do have a private practice here in San Diego, and that's where I live with my husband and my two kids. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And if anybody has experienced that two under two life, you know how chaotic (laughs) that can be. But thankfully, things are kind of like mellowing out now as they're getting older. You know, my own journey to motherhood was definitely influenced my desire to specialize in perinatal mental health. So my own experiences with infertility and traumatic childbirth and postpartum stress really just fueled my passion to hold space and empower women as they're in navigating these difficult seasons. So that's what my focus is in my private practice. Can you tell us a little bit about how an individual's mental health is affected during the perinatal period? I like to start off with talking about what is the perinatal period, because I think we don't often and hear about this term and we're starting to use it more. So the term perinatal really refers to an individual's time in pregnancy and up to one year after giving birth. So we might hear things like perinatal anxiety or perinatal depression. And that really just refers to those things happening in the pregnancy timeframe, birth process, and up to one year postpartum. And of course, postpartum refers to that time period after giving birth. And the reason why we use that term perinatal when we're talking about mental health versus just focusing on postpartum is that there can just be so many different stressors, also mood and anxiety disorders that come up during an individual's pregnancy or postpartum time. Unfortunately, you know, there are so many women that are struggling with their mental health in the perinatal time. The research tells us that up to 20 to 25% of perinatal women and their families can experience these struggles, but there is good news. There is support out there. These concerns are very treatable and people can get better and stay better with the right support. So I always like to mention that, you know, we're not out here without support. We have it. It's just a matter of finding it. And there is a misconception that if somebody is struggling, if a mom is struggling in this time, then, oh, it's peri- it's postpartum depression. But in reality, there is a range of other mental health concerns that can impact a woman during this time. Uh, one of the common things I see in my practice is anxiety, perinatal anxiety coming up for women. So I'm coming up to one year with my son and you are so right on the fact that we don't talk about any other mental health. And I guess I just didn't learn about the anxiety piece being so common until I'd say probably within the last three months, which is crazy because you go to the doctor right after you have your baby and you take all of these Every time you visit, you take this little Mm -hmm. assessment to determine if you have postpartum depression and everything is postpartum depression. But recently I've talked to other moms and, you know, they'll mention anxiety and 
I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing, but it is, it's big. Yeah. And I feel like there is that big focus on postpartum depression. And yes, you know, we need to be talking about that. I'm so glad that we are screening for that. But what a lot of people don't know is that perinatal anxiety or postpartum anxiety can come in even with some of the depressive symptoms, or we can experience anxiety without the depressive stuff. So I'm glad that we're having some more um, awareness of some of the struggles that happen in postpartum. But I definitely agree that we need to be talking about anxiety too. And that actually leads me to my next question. Can you talk a little bit about what is anxiety? Anxiety is that feeling that's characterized by intense fear, worry, or apprehension. It can be for some people experienced as like a nervousness or even like the full spectrum of like intense dread. And in the perinatal time, perinatal anxiety, you know, this can look like excessive worry, often about your own health as the mama or baby's health. There can be difficulty controlling the worrying. So we talk about rumination, like thinking about these things over and over again, or persistent or intrusive thoughts. So thoughts that are kind of like alarming that, you know, we don't want to be thinking about, but they're, they just keep coming up for us. There can also be agitation and irritability. And for some moms in postpartum, this can escalate to rage. And then we can see moms go through this cycle of this leading to spiraling into guilt or shame, especially in new motherhood, feeling like I'm not good enough as a mom, like I'm not doing a good job or I'm not meeting my baby needs. There also can be like restlessness or an inability to sit still. Sometimes I talk to new moms and they're sharing about this inability to rest, especially in early postpartum. They can feel like they need to be super productive or they can't just sit still and rest, even though they're so tired, there's like an endless to-do list. And so that can be another um, thing that comes up for moms. Of course, other common symptoms like poor concentration, difficulty with sleep. As new moms, you know, we know that we're not getting a lot of sleep in general. (laughs) You know, we're waking up so often to feed our babies. But if somebody's experiencing that anxiety piece, it can feel like even when I have the chance to sleep, I'm still not getting sleep. I'm not able to fall asleep or get restful sleep. Then there can also be the physical symptoms, right? So like the racing heart, muscle tension, gastrointestinal stomach issues. But really this can look so different for so many people but I'm glad that we're able to shine some light on some of the symptoms that can be a little bit more common. Can anxiety also affect the mom's partner? Yeah. Yeah. So the research tells us that it's not just moms or people that birth the baby that can experience anxiety or other mental health concerns, partners and dads can also experience anxiety. And this might look a little bit different than how it manifests in the mom or the person that gave birth, especially if there are other stressors or pressures in that postpartum time, like financial stress, difficulty adjusting to like that new family dynamic. Sometimes partners can experience those feelings of loneliness that moms can experience because their best friend, their partner, like that's their person. And in that postpartum time, mom and baby are so connected. And so the partner can feel a little bit left out or lonely and isolated themselves as well. And research also tells us that it's not just families that are having a baby, biological families, that there are families even that have babies through adoption that can experience anxiety and other mental health issues as well. So basically new parents or parent, if there's a change of dynamic within the immediate family. Yeah, absolutely. How can these individuals get support? One of the best ways to get support is I really encourage people to tap into their existing support systems. Having a plan during pregnancy for 
what that postpartum time will look like is so important. There are so many things out there that we can do. You know, we have these baby showers and people bring all of these gifts, but we often neglect to think about what is our emotional well-being going to be like during postpartum, especially if it's our first baby. We don't necessarily know what this big transition or what these big changes will look like for us. So really identifying people in our existing supports that can support us. So that might look like meal trains or people that can come and just like get some things done in our house while we're resting. But other support systems or other support things that we can access our support groups. It's always nice to be able to chat with people that are in a similar stage of life as us and that can really uh, be there for us because they resonate. They know what we're going through and knowing that we're not alone. That's the biggest thing I feel like is knowing that there are other people out there that are experiencing similar things, that we're not crazy, that we can find support in those ways. I always recommend if somebody is interested in looking for a perinatal or for looking for a therapist, looking for somebody that has training in perinatal mental health. PSI, Postpartum Support International, is an organization that provides training and resources for both therapists in the field of perinatal mental health and also families in the postpartum time. So on their website, they actually have a directory of therapists and medication providers that have specialty training in perinatal mental health. You can actually look through their profiles by state and see who's a good fit for you. You know, I, I feel like having Having the training is so important, especially in motherhood and that perinatal time, because perinatal mental health providers with that training are able to like really identify the struggles in postpartum or pregnancy. And they have that extra knowledge to know how to really support families in this time. If you live locally to where we are, Postpartum Health Alliance is a nonprofit resource in San Diego, and they provide education and resources to local parents. They also have a directory on their website. And for folks locally, if they're needing immediate support, if you know, you're know you concerned that yourself or your loved one is in a situation where they're maybe not feeling safe, then in San Diego, we have the San Diego Access and Crisis Line, and they're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I can certainly provide all that information for the resources as well. Yeah, I can definitely link all those in the show notes. So anyone listening is interested, they can look at the show notes and go directly to that site. I think that you mentioned two really good points. One, the connection piece, connecting with other moms, just being able to talk and share and feel seen and like you're not alone. That for me as a parent has helped just with everything in general from like the sleep deprivation to the sleep regressions for the baby or the teething. Everything just kind of helps you feel a little bit more at ease being able to talk to another parent that's experiencing something similar. And then the other thing that you said, well, the to-do list, right? That never goes away. It just gets <laughs> absolutely longer it gets and longer, longer with, with when we have kids, right? <laughs> yes. And the older that they get, the longer it gets and the less you're able to finish because they require a lot more of your undivided attention. Yeah. But with that, it just kind of made me think about, you know, you see all of these things or videos or images of certain moms or momfluencers on social media where they have this perfect house. And then you as a new mom feel the pressure. And then I can see kind of how that develops all of this, like I'm not doing enough. I definitely felt that initially, like I was trying to do everything when he was napping. And finally, I'm like, you know what? (laughs) 
I just need to be okay with having a messy house Mm -hmm. because I can't keep up. One, two, it's important for me to make sure that I spend my time with him because when he's older, he's not going to want to hang out with mom. I'm not going to be cool enough anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, And they need so much of us, right? They need us to be present. And that's what they want. They don't care if our if the playroom is organized or there's dishes in the sink. They care about engaging with us. So yeah. yeah. So my son has just been in this stage of not wanting to let me put him down. And initially I was kind of irritated because I couldn't load the dishwasher mm-hmm. or make the bed. And finally I was like, you know what? This is a great excuse for me to just lay on the couch yeah. and cuddle with him. And then just shrug off the fact that the kitchen looks like a tornado went through it. Like it'll get done in a few years. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so important to remember is, you know, often we go into motherhood with this like expectation of what motherhood will be like or feel like, or we have these high expectations of how we need to be as moms. And especially if we're stay-at-home moms, you know, all of the responsibilities of the household, they're, they're still there, right? But I find that we can really have unrealistic expectations that we're going to get all of the things done. And sometimes we need to shift those expectations. You know, we we need to take a look at what is, let's prioritize what's the most important here. And I mean, I'm not going to lie, it can feel kind of bad, you know, to let those things slide a little bit, but doing some of that work within ourselves to be okay with the fact that, you know, when I go to bed every night, there may still be some sinks, some um, dishes in the sink, but can I get a little bit of extra rest? Is that what I need to do. And that maybe that's what I need in this season is to let that slide because as they get a little bit older, they will be a little bit more independent and we can catch up a little bit before we go to bed. And I see this a lot more now. Taking care of you is taking care of baby, right? Like yeah, as you need to take care of yourself and make sure that you prioritize yourself so that your children see that that is also important and you're not kind of leaving yourself behind. Says me who, you know, I didn't brush my hair for four days, but (laughs) (laughs) it was either brush my hair or make my bed or. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what we choose to prioritize will look different depending on what season we're in, what developmental stage our babies are in, our kiddos are in. So yeah, just trying to remember to take care of ourselves so that we can be the best mom and the more present mom for our babies, for our kiddos, and also so that we can model that to our kids, right? So that they see how important it is for mom to have that time for herself. And that's okay. You know, we normalize that for them. Yeah. And that actually makes me bring that back to taking care of their mental health needs, whether that is taking time for themselves to go meet with a friend or going in the direction of finding a therapist that they can meet with to help them with whatever they're dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. I will say that is one of the biggest things that I find as like a positive of like social media, you know, you mentioned like seeing all those like carefully curated sites or, you know, profiles on social media or Instagram. And so that can be hard. I do feel like is a really great positive about this big change that we're seeing is that there is a lot more conversation going on about like what we experience in different seasons of life, especially new motherhood, the mental health challenges that are out there and normalizing this idea of asking for help, that it's okay to talk to a therapist. And don't get me wrong. I still think there's a lot of stigmatization that happens regarding mental health in general in our society. 
But I love that people are sharing, you know, and normalizing the experience of talking to a therapist and seeking out some specialized help for what they're going through. Yeah, definitely. And that just brings me to my last question. Do you have any other tips, suggestions, or recommendations for anyone that is either looking to get support or is possibly thinking that they might have anxiety. What I really want people to take away from this conversation is that you are not alone. If you are experiencing anxiety or even other mental health concerns during pregnancy or postpartum, you are not alone. And there are people out there. There are supports out there that can help you. You don't have to feel this way. You don't have to struggle with this by yourself. There are things that you can do to improve your well-being and to improve your quality of life and that you can get better and stay better with support. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of that. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day and just sharing all of your knowledge and being able to just talk about something that isn't really talked about the anxiety piece because it's becoming a little bit more awareness for that is becoming more apparent and that's great we need it we need all of these different mental health struggles and challenges to have awareness just as much as the postpartum depression has. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate everything that you're doing here. I know this is your podcast is such a wealth of resource for moms and I'm happy to chime in my two cents. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for our next episode. You can find us on Instagram for more updates and tips. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a review if you like us.